AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio. This is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Second and five, Flacco back, looks middle, and jungle wide open. 20, 15, corner, 10, 5, touchdown, he's got two! Once I caught the ball, <laughs> I was like, I, I got to take this to the house, you know. Uh, now, uh, Joe Flacco threw a beautiful ball, you know, and uh yeah. And Joel Batonio had an amazing chief slam, by the way. First and ten. Lawrence back to pass. He throws for Ridley, and it's picked off. M.J. Emerson's got it again. M.J. Emerson has two picks. And M.J. Emerson, a star is born, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I'm biased, but I think it's the best cornerback performance. Um, Not just because of my brother, but, um, you know, to get two picks, I think he might have about three pass defended. Um, that's an unbelievable performance. Flacco on fourth down and three. He rolls right. He throws the middle. It's wide open. Down at the 25, at the 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. It's David Bell. Oh, my goodness. They forgot to cover David Bell. It was the parting of the Red Sea, Jim. I think as soon as I caught it, because the way that I caught it, I thought somebody was going to be right on me, and I thought they were going to hit me. But <laughs> once I figured nobody hit me, I just turned around, and I just seen nothing but green grass. So, I mean, were you a little surprised when you turned around? I was like, surprised. <laughs> I'm not a little. I was a lot surprised. <laughs> well, when Joe got here three weeks ago, did you have your suspicions about what he had left? You see all that gray hair? You might, too. Oh, Joe Flacco. Oh, Joe Flacco. You beat us so many times as a Raven and once as a Jet. But today you are a Cleveland Brown. And the Browns win today, a game they absolutely had to have. And they outlast Jacksonville and win 31-27. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Oh, baby, let's do it live on a Victory Monday edition of the program. Merely Bo and the great Z. How about that Sunday down on the lake, my friend? Oh, baby. What a treat. Joe Flacco, win number 100 of his illustrious career, comes as a Cleveland Brown. His first, we have had four quarterbacks win a game this year, Bo. Yeah. And it was one that had definitely a playoff feel to it. And, you know, Trevor Lawrence, boy, did we have that. You certainly did. There's no way he wasn't playing. Okay. Can I just say this? Yep. It's one thing to say there's no way he wasn't playing. Yep. But you and I recall Pat Mahomes. Yeah. High ankle sprain. He's limping around. He's not looking like his normal self. Yep. Right? Trevor Lawrence, not only did he look like he wasn't injured, he looked like he was maybe even a better version of his normal self. <laughs> this guy's got tiger blood, In man. terms of his ability to it. move around. Obviously, we got lucky. had a couple of bad throws, uh, and the Browns took advantage of it. But, yeah, what a great win, a team win. Flacco, over 300 and three, I mean, Chief, first time in his career, catches multiple touchdowns in a game. MJ Emerson, first time in his career, has multiple yeah. picks in a game. It, it, you needed everybody. It probably shouldn't have been that dramatic, but it was, you and said, that's okay. You, you said at one point, I was, 
you know, we had a lot of the hoops yesterday, and so I was driving around listening to you and Jim a lot. At one point in the broadcast, you said something to the effect, I'm paraphrasing, I'm sure you remember it exactly, but said, just imagine if we ever played clean. Yes, I'd like to see that. I'd like, like to see what that nice. looks. Be nice so I could like. see that at one yeah. point. Like if, right. if we actually didn't turn the ball over all the time, I wonder what that would look like. And the reality is you could beat anybody in the NFL, yes. save for maybe San Francisco and Dallas. San Francisco's well, on a different level, but we did beat them. I, yeah, but I mean, they are. With Peach. I know, it's crazy. Um, you can beat anybody. You can. Um, I said last Monday on the show, my words, not those of the organizations, Joe Flacco started the rest of the year. It turns out I was a week early. That's right. Now, it's, now it is. Organization's words now as well. So it's matched up. It's just different. He's a pro. He's a pro. There are two things That's about it. it. Number one, he is a pro. He is unflappable, even in the face of, you know, he had a couple of turnovers himself. Yeah. He's a pro. And the second part, and I think that this is a maybe a bigger thing than really we've talked about it. You and I have talked about it a little bit last week getting into this game. Joe Flacco gives Kevin Stefanski the vessel to be the version of himself that he is most comfortable with. And yes. I mean that as yeah. Kevin Stefanski, the offensive designer, the play caller, all of it. He is getting to go back to and have now the core of his offense be what is his true bread and butter. And it is Flacco's bread and butter as well, as opposed to running an offense where the core of that offense would be shotgun-based and was not maybe the bread and butter of Kevin Stefanski. And, you know, as I was talking with somebody earlier, and they said, well, why – it's just an off – why couldn't any quarterback run his offense? And, and the answer is, yes, of course they can. But you have to remember for taking Deshaun versus Flacco, for example, Deshaun's played in high school, college, Houston – Shotgun, kind of loosey-goosey, mm -hmm. take advantage of your playmaking, street ball skills, and the ability to just dominate, extend plays, all of that. Not necessarily a precision, turn your back to the defense, hard play-action passing game. Those are the staples of what Stefanski likes to do with the marriage and run and pass. And that's when his offenses have always been their best. And now you have somebody who is well-versed in that. And I think it just allows Kevin to really be in his comfort zone as well. And you're seeing the fruits of that. It's the old. It's the difference in where we are in the league now and what we what the league used to be twenty five years ago. Used to be, you draft a quarterback, you make them conform to what you are, and and you make them the best example of this that most of our audience could remember is Michael Vick trying to run the West Coast in Atlanta, which made just no Absurd. sense. Now what coaches do is say, "Hey, give me a guy, and I will build an offense around your skill set." So both can be true that Stefanski operating an offense that Deshaun Watson is comfortable with can be lethal, we will be lethal. We saw it be lethal. But it can also be true that what Joe Flacco does is what Kevin Stefanski is most comfortable with Correct. and likes to do a lot. And he did it in Minnesota. Um, it, as if you and I had spoken earlier today, it, it and and something were said similar to the fact of feels like they see it similarly. Yeah, that's right. They see the game similarly. You can tell, like he's very. The idea that this guy's been here three weeks, right? Is it three weeks? Yeah, and he's on the same page with a lot of our guys. It feels like the calls that Kevin is making are fitting him, and he likes the look of it. It's very natural. It is natural, and we're going to go through this game and get into a lot of the detail of some of the things that happened in it. But, yeah, it is, it's a good fit. Um, it, it is working. There's still things to be cleaned up, and it's great to be able to talk about those coming off of a win rather than saying some of those mistakes maybe caused you a loss. But it, it was fun to watch, and, and I love 
One thing that Kevin Stefanski does as well as any coach in the NFL is he will establish something. And in this case, the something that he had established, and we had done it with Harrison Bryant as the sneaker, and then think of the eight variations Mm -hmm. we ended up running off of that that all were very successful. And then he established, you know, over the last couple of weeks, especially down in L.A., the idea that we were going to put our goal line offense out there Mm -hmm. in the middle of the field. Yeah. In short yard situation, no receivers, yep. just a bunch of linemen and a couple of them reporting as tight ends and a few of your actual tight ends. And we're going to line up with Nick Harris in the backfield and we're going to run it with Kareem Hunt mm-hmm. and we're going to pick up a yard because you cannot stop us when we do that. Yep. And so that's been established. And so the first opportunity you have in a short yardage like that, send them out there. Wouldn't you know? Right. Play action. Wouldn't you know? uncovered walk-in touchdown we have had two opening drive Mm -hmm. uncovered walk-in touchdowns in back-to-back weeks jerome ford against the rams this one with david njoku and i think stefanski has done such a masterful job of doing that and taking using our tendencies and what we have put on tape to our advantage when he decides to give them the whoop Yep. A little okie doke, and then you get a little touchdown. Bounce. Yeah, and when you have an operator like Flacco, that stuff is just so easy. It's just so simple. He's just a pro. He's seen every every single circumstance that's been around. Um, this is look. This is a win for the Cleveland Browns, but this is a win that the, the Flacco part of this is the headline times a thousand. Um, there is a presence that he has. There is a belief that the room has in him that was obvious, and this is not anything against the other people who have played quarterback here this year, obviously speaking specifically of, of PJ and, and DTR. Those are, those are young guys. Those are guys who won a Super Bowl, man. And, yes. and while he was not the face of the Ravens when they won the Super Bowl, let's remember he was extraordinary in that run to that Super Bowl win over the 49ers. Absolutely extraordinary. He was the best player on the field in every one of those games. Pretty sure it was 12 touchdowns, no picks. Stunning. Yeah. And and the people that he beat head-to-head to go win that Super Bowl, it's been a while. I was at that game. Um, it was at 2013, I think, right? So it's yeah, been a little – it's been a minute. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he brings that that same confidence belief that that they believed in him then – all these years later, you can see it again with our team. We are a young, impressionable team, yes. and he is leaving a lasting impression on this young team right now. Yeah, and you can see it. Anybody who's watched the video in the locker room after right. the game, when he is talking, for those people old enough to remember, it's like E.F. Hutton. <laughs> right. When E.F. Hutton talks, people listen, and that's how – It's uh, a fantastic <laughs> drop. That's how Joe Flacco was in that room. You could hear a pin drop. Everybody was waiting kind of – on pins and needles and the thing we said you know man thanks for having me I, I thought that was just awesome you know i feel like a 10 year old again that got a big kick out of joel batonio he really enjoyed that, yeah. that comment there and I, when we talked to joel uh, last week he said you know it's just great that all of a sudden there's somebody who makes me feel young back <laughs> on, on this roster so it, it's it's an unbelievable story it really truly is it, it's awesome to see joe flacco doing this you know the chief having a big game just this offense being able to put up points, throw for over 300 yards, and against a very good Jacksonville defense. Now, I don't know if you heard why. I never did why Tyson Campbell did not play in this game because he had not been somebody that was in jeopardy of being out. It didn't appear that way anyway going into the week. 
and, and then he was out, and, and the Browns picked on Monteric Brown. And, you know, it's kind of like what the Rams did to us yeah. you know, with Mike Ford Jr., and we did that, and it was very successful. I thought just a very good game plan. Again, some things need to be executed better. Obviously, that pick play, I don't know if a flag should have been thrown. It felt like it. I mean, Cedric Tillman's complete ability to run a route was stopped was he ran into somebody. Sure. You know, Flacco doesn't see the blitz, which he, he did a much better job on that critical fourth and three of seeing it, escaping it, and getting the ball out. And then, you know, Amari with the ball handling, putting it on the ground. If we clean those things up. This could have been a 20-point a win over a, a very good Jacksonville team. We haven't – how many games – have we – how many games this year we won the turnover margin? Won it. So we did win it in this one by one. Yeah. But not many. Not right. many. I could go through that. The stat that I know for sure is we've had one game all year where we did not turn the football over, and that was Arizona. And that's it. That's the list. Yeah. Normally under Stefanski. So this is his fourth season now. We're 14-2 and two under Kevin Stefanski when we don't turn the ball over at all. Yeah. So 13. 14 to 16. 15 of those 16 happened in the previous three seats. So he's, we average doing that at least five times a year. We've only not once. So maybe we're due to go four straight to close it out. If we do that, it's going to be a 12 win team. It's in play. It's it's all in play. There, there's all a lot play. more to this as well. Um, the Chief with a monster a monster game for him. It's awesome. Uh, D Hop. Come okay. on, man. He's broken Phil Dawson's record from 08. Most field goals made in a single season with 31. Leads the NFL in field goals made with 31. Also broke Dawson's record for most 50-plus yard field goals with eight. Yep. Uh, he's done already, and there's four games to play. That's right. You talk about. What a, what a, I mean. Is that, is that. How many wins is it responsible? At least three. Yeah. I'll give him at least three. To hit that 55-yarder in that situation, that was from the right hash, and we've documented when he's missed, it's typically been from the right hash and yep. moves a little bit le left. To hit a rocket 55 yards that was basically dead straight. It started off just inside that right upright. It ended just inside that right upright. Under those circumstances, because that would have given the Jags the ball near midfield at the 45-yard yep. line, and they were, they were moving it. Our, yep. our secondary, by the end of the game, was decimated. Yeah, they needed like high my name is. Yes, to get out there and yeah. to get out there and play. So yeah, D Hop, unbelievable. I don't know if there's ever been a more significant trade in NFL history. Oh baby. That just involved a seventh round pick. You just gave up a seventh-round pick to get somebody that had that big of an impact on a singular season. We're talking three wins. It's hard to imagine least. when you're talking about a seven. That's what I'm saying. Is it the yeah. greatest trade of a seventh-round pick in get Ocho NFL on history? It. Get Ocho on it. On every level. <laughs> what Who's are you Googling thinking? it? Are we Googling it? Who, what, who's delegating? What the hell is Uno delegating to Griff for? Well, I asked for Ocho to do it. I asked for Ocho because looks like Uno's just following the, the rules here, the job. Listen, I, Uno's punching things, it looks like. Let me is tell he you not? something. What's he doing? I think I Uno's know, on vacation today. He, was, he, he, he didn't print a rundown. Now he's telling Uno's on cloud uh, he's like, nine. Uno's like, work for me? I'm going to give it to Griff. Uno's <laughs> focused on quizzes. I, I normally would handle it, on, but you said give it to Ocho. I thought, so Ocho's I thought, there, you know, and I... The other thing, it's such this is a my opportunity to delegate. It's such a specific ask that I feel someone who would have 
upwards of 50 merit badges would have the ability to do it in short order. I think I think Uno should, or Griff should make an, a merit badge for the best seventh round trade ever. That's what and I give like. it to AB. I like where that's present at. it to him. We'll have Andrew Barry Day on the show and we'll present it to right. him. So there's there's all of this. Um, that's right. You we we're pretty damn good at home. Six and one now um, at home on the season. The defense is just a different different level here. They they just are um, feeds off the crowd, does, the energy, yeah. and you know if again. I love being able to kind of nitpick a little bit after when we've got to be better in the red zone as a defense. We just we don't force field goals. Do you remember this? You remember this line from a while ago, back in the winning, back when we were doing nothing but stacking dubs. Yeah, the privilege of expectations. That's right. That's what you can do. Yes, in a win, then you can sure. say we won, but this ain't good enough. Well, but you want. That's can... probably we're gonna have Stefanski for you a little later. My hunch is that is his tone a little bit, based on the conversation you and I had before the show. That his at his attitude is. We've done nothing yet, and we are going to hold ourselves what? accountable to all of it. He's right. Yeah. We have done nothing yet. No, not yet. Not yet. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy. Six and one at home. Uh, absolutely wild. Now, there is some housekeeping in order. Um, some, some tough news today. Let's, let's do this first, and then we'll get back to the joy. Dewan Jones out for the season with knee surgery. Uh, that's some – I mean, how many? How many can you take? I mean, like, these are – the most important people on your roster. Dewan turned into that. He was only uh, that because Jack Conklin is out. Who was that? Dewan was going to be a pro bowler or yeah. should have been a pro bowler. Should have yeah. been first team all rookie as a tackle. Yeah. Uh, it's a massive loss. And it's something obviously occurred in practice last week. And I think Dewan thought he was going to be fine. And unfortunately, when they were able to get in there and get some imaging, not fine. And so you heard Coach say he needs to have season ending surgery. That's a big blow. You're now without your top three tackles. And, and I'll be honest with you, you know, James Hudson, take away the penalties, which yeah. unfortunately there were at least three of them, Yeah, actually played pretty well. But it is hard to play in this league with your fourth and fifth tackles. Yeah, Looks like you could be on your backup center. We didn't get an update on Ethan Posick, but obviously he was able to finish the game with a stinger. And then now defensively, on this back end in particular, McLeod's out for the year. Thornhill was a pregame scratch with his calf. Yep. Delpit's got a groin that they're looking at, and I think there is some concern that this is not just a one-game thing. Mm. So you could be without your top three safeties. Yeah. Hickman played well. Played very well. But now what Grant did but so well – <laughs> Grant was your leading tackler. Yeah. You know, he's able to get a sack this game, plays at the line of scrimmage. That'll be, have to be DeAnthony Bell. But there's a reason. It is a next man up thing, and you're excited for the opportunity. But all of a sudden, you're going to be starting two undrafted free agents at safety, potentially. And there's also Deron Harmon, who is the veteran Super Bowl champion three-time with the uh, New England Patriots. And maybe Deron Harmon, it's kind of fast-track to play. But this it's unreal the amount of injuries that this team has endured. This is the most in terms of all being pretty significant or players of consequence that I've seen. I, I've never seen anything like it in sport. No. I mean, you've used that line earlier, I think it was last week, like if you were going to do like a, hey, here are the Cleveland Browns on a poster at the beginning of the season. All of them. I mean, Miles is the only one who hasn't missed a game. Right. Everybody else, Denzel missed his third game. 
um, over the weekend. He Obviously missed a third in a row, right? He, he missed four. Three in a row. Oh, yeah, four for Denzel now. Three in Baltimore. a row. Yeah. Um, obviously, Watson and Chubb. Conklin. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it's absolutely crazy. Um, yep. Delpit did get his deal done. We just announced that officially here within the last half hour or so. Three years, 36. Um, Delpit's deal is done in Good the for long him. term. Uh, that's something you and I had called for for quite a while. Uh, wanting that to be done, felting it was feeling like it was appropriate to get it done, and and they do. Um, I think we have some quotes from Delpit on this one as well. Um, let's see. Yeah, I got it. I got you. All right, here it is. Yep. I'm excited to further my career in Cleveland. The city has shown me nothing but love since the day I was drafted. The Haslam's, AB, all of my coaches and teammates. I can't say enough good things about everyone in the environment since I've been here. I look forward to continuing this winning culture and showing the city of Cleveland the love back they gave me. It's frustrating that the injury occurred yesterday, but I'm doing everything in my power to get back as soon as possible to help the team win. There it is. That last line is tough. I don't like it at all. Yes, me neither. Don't like it. I mean, you pay attention to the scores yeah. on that, and you can kind of makes you think that that could be a little bit of a. Well, it's, I kind of gave you unfortunately a little. You bit did of... give us some scores, and then it was buttressed, unfortunately, by great that. word. Great. So word. we are in a you're in a spot from an injury standpoint where it's, you know, I don't know. I've never seen anything like it. You're talking about if you just go through like the two deep in August. And what it is now, and what it will be this week. And by the way, we still don't know on some other guys. You mentioned Pos- Posick. Um, when did the Denzel stuff? I mean, he practiced last week. What happened? Must have suffered a setback on Saturday because Sun- no. Friday he practiced, and he was questionable. But I know he practiced Wednesday because we had his, yes. we ran his presser, presser Wednesday when you had smallpox, and then we did it, and then Thursday he was a practice. Hold on, I'll give you the full. Yeah, I mean, it felt like. Felt like we he was playing. I mean, I, I had I had three locks. Lawrence was playing, Flacco was playing, and Denzel was playing. I went two out of three. Not bad, not bad. All right, hold on. Um, we had say Saturday, Friday. Here we go. So Denzel went. Limited, limited, limited. All three days questionable. So, I mean, he had his availability on Wednesday, my, and I was like. I think out of that, I'm like, he's good. I think it was very much thought that going into Friday that he was going to be able to play, and then it felt obviously something changed. Yeah. Wild. Wild stuff on on that side of it. You'd like to get him back, though, because I think DJ Moore coming up this week is a a tough matchup for MJ and Greg, and you'd like to have have your guy running around there with DJ Moore. Yeah, because he won't. He's not going to be a volume guy, but if he gets one, it goes. Especially on like a fourth and 13, you might say. Yeah, you might. You might say that indeed. Remember the last time Fields and the Bears were here, it was coaching malfeasance. That's when it was. A, Nine know, sacks. Actually felt sorry for the kids. Miles Garrett franchise one. record four and a half. Yeah, that was, uh, that was something. So they will be here on Sunday, Mr. Zagura. I think. Okay. That if a team runs a two-point conversion. Okay. And you get a sack on that play, mm-hmm. that should be a sack. It's not? Not. So he gets he gets no credit for a You're, sack. If, I, I did not know this. You're trying to tell me that if a that a scrimmage play so a, a two point play isn't a play? Correct. If you got an interception on a two point play? No, no statistical. It's not doesn't count as an interception. It'd be like if they tackled you, the point failed. I guess if you caught it and ran it back, I, I don't know if they would then give it to you because you'd have to get the points for it. 
but there it's is, a play. It's not a sack. It says specifically on the official thing. It says Trevor Lawrence sacked. Doesn't give any credit for who got sacked. Two point conversion fails. And then Miles, look, look in the stats. No, I believe you. I'm just There's saying. No I, I, I wasn't doubting the veracity of your statement. No, I, I just, I just think it's nonsense. I'm trying to make a change. Yeah, yeah Miles gets credit for no sacks, even though that was a sack. He, sa- he sacked him on a play. Yeah, that's that's a by real the play. way, real play. Yeah. By the way, and I'm sure that we'll get into this as this week goes on and, and maybe more, but the officials have been a major, major topic coming out of this week of the National Yeah, they sure League. have been. And you're seeing star players saying, I'm not oh, afraid to, to pay my fines. I'm going to tell you what I think, including our own Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple threads on Twitter of people that I've seen. And I was saying this during the broadcast. You were listening. You mm-hmm. heard Miles Garrett was being held by Blake Hans on every play. Yep. And I'm not talking about just a little bit held. I'm talking about blatant blatant holds mm-hmm. arms across the throat bear hugs from behind jerseys being held onto and pulled all over the place right in front of the officials not one flag and miles garrett had finally had it this was the most egregious he gets held every week this was the most egregious i've ever seen because it was every single play blake Hans was holding him and they didn't throw one flag not one well it's holding its hands to the face it's attacking they're, they're having a hard time they are they're they have this we can do a little bit of it right now, but like, you know, it happened to us in the game in Denver on the third and one oh, yeah. where they make it a point of emphasis. Well, now we're going to do it. It happened last week to somebody, too, who wasn't doing the, the tush push thing from the Eagles. Um, and, and then you had this Kadarius Tony play in the Kansas City game where it happened to the Steelers. And it happened, oh, the Steelers on Thursday. That's right. Yeah. Steelers got got Not with that it we too. mind. No, but like they're inserting themselves a little too, too much. much into the operation. I think there needs to be some level of, did this have anything to do with the outcome of the play? I couldn't agree with you more. Like, Kadarius, Tony, and if you're going to do it, you got to tell him, back up, whatever. Like, is he offsides? I guess, technically. Yeah. There's no blue line actually in the real field, even for no, the officials to like look on at. TV, they're like, right. he was offsides by his whole body. I'm like, you do understand that blue line's not on the field. It's not there. <laughs> and a great point, people. For- that had nothing to do with anything. Those screenshots. Look, at, he's all over the blue line. Well, it's not on the field. You bozos. That had, he no. where he was standing had nothing to do nothing. with anything. And we even had one on ours where they had a legal procedure and Amari Cooper was going nuts mm-hmm. where they said that he wasn't covering and he thought felt like he had checked yeah. and was covering uh up the tackle. If these things don't matter to the outcome of the of the play, yeah. let's like be cool. Like yeah. be judicious about it. Oh, and at the time I saw the contact with Anthony Walker on the pass interference. Mm-hmm. And watching it back, he has every right to to stand right where the ball's going. Sure. That was a crazy – that was an, another very, very bad call against us. Yeah, they're they're two in the middle of it. Just – And becoming the story, like, just don't be noticed. And the crazy thing is, is everything we're talking about with these things, whether it's the fiddling with the ball or the AWOC or the – absolutely, the, the Kadarius Tony, those type of things that don't impact the game. Miles gets held every play, and that does impact the game. That does the impact game. the game. Yeah, that yeah. because you're not quick enough and you're just grabbing him, that is a penalty, and it impacts the game directly, and that's different than Kadarius Tony lining up three six inches offsides if he was, if he was, which had nothing to do with that play, which no. and you way, and I robbed both us know, of a great play. I was like, was whoa! Great, I saw that live. Play, I was yeah. like, oh my god! The other thing that's, uh, you know, that's something that in little guy football, like you, 
right? And if somebody lines up, and Pat Patrick Mahomes even said it in this post game, like he was livid. Um, said so in his post game, yeah, you get a warning. Say, hey guy, your guy's got to back. Get him off. Get him back on this side. I'm going to call it if he doesn't check or whatever. Like you don't just. <laughs> Yeah, nonsense. Thank you. By the way, these are great. Yeah, Kip. Kip hooked us up with these Dakota Dogs, Browns backers, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Gorgeous. Oh, baby. That's gorgeous. Good job out of him. Yes, I like thank those you. a lot. Those are gorgeous. Um, one other thing, congratulations to the Columbus crew. They won the MLS yeah. Cup championship on Saturday uh, down in Columbus. HSN, of course, ownership down there. Um, I'll give you a 60-second Reader's Digest on that. That organization – um, was in part in part the in part MLS and the previous ownership colluded to move that team out of town and, yep. and move it to Austin and the Dr. Pete Edwards down there and the Haslam family and an incredible group of supporters kept that team in Columbus and then the Haslam family built a stadium and then they invested in the product and they've won two cups in the last four years they are one of three teams in the MLS to win three cups. Um, that place, if you have not been down there to a game, it is stunning, that environment. It's stunning. The location is awesome, uh, everything about it. And um, it was a thrilling game. They, they went up one nothing on a PK, then they have one of the coolest plays you'll ever see in, in soccer, which leads to the, lead, the, the goal to lead, go them up two zip, and then they win. And it was awesome. Thrilling stuff for them. So congratulations to everybody involved. I know a lot of people here in the building thrilled about that, as they should be. Yes, absolutely. And LAFC had won it the year they yeah. were the defending champions. Yeah, and they're like the Yankees. Yeah. They get all the money. Will Ferrell was at the game. Yeah. He's one of the owners of LAFC. So there was – So is Noma. Like that. Yeah, that's right, because he's in the mix. Him and Mia Hammer. Noma and Mia Hammer. Yeah, yeah. So that was, that was really, really cool to see that. They'll have a parade down in Columbus tomorrow uh, at noon for that championship. Um, we have a hell of a circumstance in the AFC as it, in regard to the playoff picture. We will get to that. Uh, the Hoff will join us in the 2 o'clock hour. It is a Victory Monday edition, which is always a good edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. We are brought to you by Bally Bet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns. Those were your Vivid Seats, official fan experience partner of your Cleveland Browns. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Blacko underneath center on third and one. Takes it, turns, bootlegs it out to the right. He's got a man wide open. And Joku's got it at the five going in. Touchdown! What a beautiful fake by Flacco. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Pet Supplies Plus give you a chance to win tickets to home games all season long while providing the best deals for your pet. Over 75 stores throughout Ohio. Enter to win tickets at clevelandbrowns.com slash Pet Supplies Plus. Receive a coupon to use at your local Pet Supplies Plus with your entry. Pet Supplies Plus, proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. So here is where we stand coming out of uh, an absolutely wild weekend 
in the National Football League. Um, in terms of our division, our division went 3-1. and one. The lone loss was Pittsburgh's on Thursday to New England. That's it. That's the list. Cincinnati really drubbed the Colts yep. down in Cincinnati, so that happened. Um, Baltimore took overtime, but they did survive. The Rams, they improved to 10-3. and three. We are at 8-5. and five. Uh, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati are both sitting at 7-6. and six. By the way, couldn't the Rams have just come through? They take the lead late. Lamar drives them down. They get a touchdown. Then Stafford leads them down with no time left to get a field goal and then a punt return Mm -hmm. for the walk-off with maybe a questionable block in the back in the middle of it. Questionable? Kimmy's ready for There was a significant violation on not one but two (laughs) of the blocks on that run back. Look at Uno. Uno is just staring. A steely-eyed Uno. Yeah, he was steely-eyed. Garbage. Yeah, he's looking right into yeah, the camera. Yeah. Garbage. Yeah, look get, at back. Him, look at get better. Get Be better. Yes. Um, this is a complete logjam in the AFC. So there are two division leaders at 8-5, and five, Kansas City and Jacksonville. We are at 8-5. and five. From 6 to 11, Pittsburgh, Indy, Houston, Denver, Cincinnati, Buffalo, all 7-6. and six. It is not a coincidence that I said Buffalo last because they have no tiebreakers, none. There is a very likely case, in fact, a case where if all of the favorites win the rest of the games the rest of the way, the Bills will be 10-7 and seven and miss the postseason. That's facts. Well, and, and the Bengals have the second fewest, right? Second because fewest tiebreakers. Because of all yeah. of the AF, their bad yeah. conference yeah. record. So, they are, so the Bills and the Bengals are 10-11 and 11 on tiebreakers. They are the bottom of the seven and six teams. Then it goes it goes Denver, Houston, Indy right now would be the last one in as a set, as the seven seed if the playoffs started right now at seven and six. They have the tiebreakers. Pittsburgh has tiebreakers over everybody in the seven and six category. That's wild. Which is weird to me how they I don't get it. I don't either. I don't get it. But like, they're not. Come on. Look at some of these results. Like Indy getting slumped at Cincinnati. I did think Cincinnati would win. I didn't think they'd slump them. The most stupefying one, though, is Houston losing to the Jets. Uh, slumped. Slumptown. Slumptown, USA. And concussion for, for Stroud, which would be the end. If, he's, if yeah. he misses time, then that's, that's it. That's done. Um, so you're in the middle of this thing, and we'll, we'll get a look at Miami tonight. They play tonight against Tennessee. Um, but because of, uh, because of myriad factors, quarterback injuries, uh, guys not taking a step that people thought they would take a step in in terms of Kansas City. Um, no Pacheco for them. And they don't really have any weapons outside of outside of Kelsey. They don't have anybody on the perimeter that's scary at all. And I think what what ha- like more than just the play, I think for in a way for Mahomes, that's like a season of frustrations kind of being Totally, hundred percent. Like he's just he's having to do a lot. Yes. Because they don't have anybody who can get open. No, and it certainly is taking its toll on him. This yeah, this AFC race is wild, and and you you talk about the reason I brought up that Rams game is had the Rams pulled that one off, oh yeah, and the Ravens were at nine and four. The Ravens next three are, are at Jacksonville, at San Francisco, home Miami, home Pittsburgh. So their next three are they lose three out of four. Their next three are tough. Yeah, I mean if they're nine and four, you feel like maybe you can win the division. Yeah, yeah. it's in play. Let's Absolutely take care of business play. against. Let's go one and zero against the Bears before we start getting grandiose. Yeah, easy, easy, Kev. We'll yeah. be all right. We yeah, can have a we can one, have a little spec. Let's go one. I'd like to one and zero this week, yeah. please, Bo. We we can be spec. Bo, you know what game's the, the most important? The, the next, next one. one. That's right. Yeah, I understand. By the way, this um uh, this Bears team that we're going to play on Sunday is still in the mix at five and eight. They're not out of it. By the way, 
Because they have, I mean, right now the seven in the NFC is Green Bay at six and six, and they still have to play. So By the way, game and a half out of that. When's the last time that you and I covered had a, a scores win when our team didn't score a single point? <laughs> what a gross game! Gross. What's happened to Dobbs? Uh, he's got benched. Done. And then Jefferson got hurt again. It's a mess. It's a mess. We got we got fantasy playoffs this week. And it's yeah. chaos in rosters. Chaos. Uh I am gonna get knocked out, I'm sad to say, by my by my wife in the family league. She's not gonna make it either, but she beat me and I'm really gonna get knocked out because of Justin Herbert. Your love for him has cost you like you would probably be I feel like you pick him every week. Over the last two years, if you had just been like Costanza and done the opposite every time the Chargers and Herbert come up. Oh, my God, I'd be 80 games over Herbert. It'd be Annihilation. But Herbert, I mean, fantasy-wise, he's 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 good. He got one point in this game because he and left with a hand injury. Well, last week they they scored six against New England. Not good. No. It's amazing that Staley still keep trotting that out there. I guess they just don't want to pay him not to coach is my guess. But they've been doing that for quite a while. Um, It's going to be a thrilling last four games in the nfl yes because this you're talking exciting yeah you're talking four i mean heck three through 11 and two of them are going to be automatics they're going to be division teams in the afc um are all within a game of the postseason or not um in the nfc outside of the top four it's six and seven seven and six six and six six and seven six and seven you could have two nfc teams under 500 make the postseason it's gross it's very likely that 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 will in fact happen um all right gross coach Stefanski coming up next he's at the podium before we get to that though let me tell you tide cleaner is going to take care of your laundry and dry cleaning needs this holiday season enjoy 10 bucks off of 40 or more all month long with the code browns 10 exclusions apply visit locally owned and operated tide cleaners in the greater cleveland area and make the most of your holidays coach Stefanski from the podium up next cleveland browns daily 850 espn cleveland here's lawrence back to pass a lot of time going long for zay jones it's going to be packed off as mj emerson's got it he overthrew zay jones and mj emerson made a well of a catch at the 26 yard line of the browns cleveland browns daily brought to you by bally bet now live in ohio on 850 espn cleveland Browns fans, Express Beer, presented by Bud Light, brings the same facial authentication technology using Express Access to beer purchases in the stadium. Dedicated Express Beer stands are the fastest way to get a beer in Cleveland Browns Stadium. If you're 21 or over, go to the Tickets tab in the Browns mobile app to learn more. Now let's head to the podium. Your head coach, Kevin Stefanski. Okay, injury front. Uh, Dewan Jones uh, has a knee injury that's going to require surgery, so that will put him out for this season. Uh, disappointed for Dewan, obviously. Uh and, and he'll rehab and, and we'll get him back, uh, you know, but uh, tough for him, but next man up. Juan Thornhill has a calf injury. Uh, we'll see how that goes this week. Uh, Grant Delpit still working through that injury and, and getting some more clarity on that one. Uh, and then everybody else, again, getting more information as the day goes on. You know, to the game yesterday, like we talked about after the game, a ton of really impressive performances, uh, offense, defense, special teams. Some guys stepped up and made some really big plays for us. We needed them. Uh, good football team. Good good challenge for us, uh, obviously, uh, with, with the players, with the scheme they have. So I thought it was really 
a positive day for us and coming out of there with a win. And then it's right back at you. So got Chicago this week again at our place, which is a big deal. Um, and we'll start our preparation for the Bears uh, shortly after I'm done with you guys. And with that, I'll take any questions. Hey, Kevin, um, for Dewan, did did he have a new injury that happened during practice this week? Is that what led to the surgery? Correct. Do you know if it was that same knee that had been bugging him? I don't know that. Okay. And uh, I saw it looked like Jerome got x-rays. Do you know the results of those? Uh, negative, because I didn't mention him. He, he's okay. good. Okay. Thank you. Hey, Kevin, can you just speak to how Dewan filled in for you guys in a in a very big spot from week one on? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I've seen Dewan make great strides on and off the field. Uh, and I think we have a really, we have a great room, that offensive line room, obviously with the coaches, with the players. Uh, that's a room that that you, is great for a young player to be in, to see how you operate, how you prepare, how you work. Uh, and I thought he got better uh, as the season went on. So disappointed for him, uh, but he he played well and in, in, in a lot of these games and, and he's a young player that I think will just continue to get better along those lines uh, we're going to hear that um, Grant Delpit has signed an extension with you guys can you just speak to what kind of productive playmaker he's become yeah Grant's a huge part of, of what we do uh, I, I, what he brings to this team from a toughness physicality standpoint uh, how he plays these games uh, really fits who we are uh, so very very excited for him happy for him happy for us uh, it, it's a, a really, it's a always reflective of, of who we are when you do deals with, with guys like Grant, uh, he's the, he's a quintessential pro. I think he's again, very young. He's young. He's only going to get better. Yeah, Kevin. Um, <clears throat> I know this is an Andrew Berry question, but I'm going to ask you because a lot of fans are talking about this today. Oh, you had mentioned yesterday that, uh, you know, Joe will be the start of the rest of the way. So what's the plan to get him on the 53? Uh, I'd say don't worry about it. And why do you say that? Because it'll all work out. I, I wouldn't be hung up on this one. Okay. And then um, could you just uh, touch on, uh, you know, a lot of defensive players yesterday uh, had mentioned that in the Saturday meeting, instead of doing a breakdown of Jacksonville, Jim had them watch their own highlights from this year to and how that just seemed to get them to, restore their personality with the, the sacks and, and the, the turnovers, whose idea was that? And just, um, you know, why have those type of things that you and, and the coaching staff work so well with this locker room this year? Well, I'll let Jim speak to it. When you get guys get a chance to speak to Jim this week, I think I'll let him speak to the exact, but I mean, it's Jim's call, obviously what, what he's showing the, the guys, but I always think it's a good idea to remind your team who you are, remind your team, how you play, who, uh, remind your team uh, just the plays that we've made uh, so it's it's something that is visual for them to see um, so it's, it's always important uh, to find different ways to reach your football team uh, reach the defense in this case I think Jim does a great job with that. Uh, Kevin you've said many times and we know this time of year nobody's healthy everyone is playing with something and yet your quarterbacks only played two games after an 11th month layoff so he's not in the same position. So what does that mean to you? Is that an edge? Is that an advantage going forward in this stretch run that you have a quarterback who is in as good a shape as anybody in the league right now, probably? Yeah, I, yeah, I think it probably cuts both ways, you know, not having a, a training camp at a preseason uh, to get those reps. Uh, he's catching up in, in that regard. But 
I think it goes back, Tony, when, you know, when we were adding Joe and had him in for the workout, he, he looked, I'm sure like he's looked his, his whole life, uh, looked in great shape, threw the ball well. So I, I think that's a credit to him of staying ready uh, throughout this entire season. And a um, little bit of surprise that Denzel wasn't available since he practiced. Uh, is that, Did he have a setback on Friday or Thursday? Yeah, no setbacks. He's continuing continuing to get better every single day. Uh, just wasn't ready uh, for this one. Thank you. Hey, Kevin, th this is kind of along the lines of, of Mary Kay's question, but with Joe, um, you know, we we saw that locker room speech he gave yesterday and just hearing guys talk about him, it seems like he sort of endeared himself to his teammates really quickly. But I mean, what has allowed him to do that in, in the short time that he's been here? I think Joe's an example of, and, and there's a bunch of these, I, I feel like it's every guy on our team, but Joe's very authentic. Uh, he's just himself. It's not like he's trying to be anybody else. He's just being himself. I think his teammates respond to that, and, and he works really hard. Uh, I think you watch guys on our football team, uh, you know, you, you you respect the guys that, that work their butts off out of practice, and, and we have a ton of those guys. Uh, you know, Miles Garrett's one that sets the tempo out of practice with great effort. It, it's hard to not give great effort when you see a guy like Miles flying around. So I, I think that's a testament to the leadership on this football team. And then, you know, I know next man up is always the mantra, but sometimes it doesn't work out like that, but it just seems like you guys across the roster have had like a Nick Harris, right? When he's needed, he steps in and plays well in place of Ethan. But what do you think allows, has allowed you guys to be successful kind of just inserting guys when, when you've needed them to, to step in? Yeah, I kind of talked about it last night. I, I think the credit goes to the players, first and foremost. Those guys, you mentioned Nick Harris. I mean, we've played and won with Nick. We're we're very comfortable and confident with Nick, and just because that's how he is. He's a pro's pro, does a great job. So I think it's the players. Uh, they get the credit for staying ready in, in all those situations, and I think the coaches do an outstanding job of, of – getting guys ready to play. Uh, there's a lot of meeting time and, and work that goes into getting a guy up to speed to play. And then I think even yesterday with all the uh, guys in and out of the lineup, there was a lot of adjustments and juggling that had to take place on that sideline. I think both, again, the players and the coaches did a great job. Kevin, we seem to have something positive to ask every week about the special teams unit, Corey Bohorquez and Dustin Hopkins in particular. I just wanted to ask you, what you felt about their growth this season and how they have, how that entire unit has really operated under uh, Bubba Ventrone and, and what that unit has looked like for you guys. Yeah, Cam, uh, I thought we've had a really good day on teams. I think we've had a lot of good days uh, on teams and that's a credit to Bubba, uh, coach Bravo and the guys, they, they do a great job, you know, in particular, Dustin coming through for us, uh, doing a great job. And then even on kickoff his, his great hang time uh, kickoff unit was, was really good yesterday. Uh, and then, you know, we look at our specials as weapons. Uh, I think Dustin's a weapon. I think Corey's a weapon. And being able to flip the field there a couple times was, was a big deal in, in a field position game. Hi, Kevin. A couple quick ones. Um, first, could you talk about the rushing defense? I mean, you held them to 58 yards. I think 2.9 average. That, I think, forced Lawrence to throw the ball like 50 times, which led to the turnovers. It, you know, can you just talk about that? Yeah, I thought the run defense was outstanding. They had a couple scheme plays uh, throughout the game that, that we can be better on, but really throughout the day, guys were playing with great effort, uh, great technique, being where they're supposed to be, and then uh, tackling well. And having 11 hats running to the ball was a big deal in stopping that run. Also, you have a, a guy that's been around 11, 12 years, I think Duran Harmon. How's he come along, you know, and with the 
with what's going on at safety? Is he somebody that you feel like could be somebody that could step up? Yeah, he's definitely a guy that that is uh, that we trust is a veteran, has is, is picked up the system very quickly. Uh, so we'll see where we go this week uh, based on availability. Greg talked yesterday about like those guys knowing that Denzel wasn't going to be able to make it. And Greg even said he's playing for Denzel. Um, number one, just how, how close Denzel got working through the week. And then number two, uh, the impact he can have on that room, even if he's not able to play. Yeah, I mean, he's getting close. It's one of those deals uh, you want every single day to to take stock of where he is. So, uh, you know, pleased that he's making progress. Uh, and then those guys, it's a very tight-knit group, uh, th those DBs. Uh, so they're always pushing each other. Uh, they're always pulling for each other. Uh, you know, I see it out of practice. I see it in the games. And, and these guys, uh, uh, a lot of our position groups, uh, you know, th they have a great way to, to stick together uh, throughout a, a long season. I think that's an example of what those guys are doing uh, in the back end. All right, there's Coach Stefanski from the podium, the Joe Thomas Half Hour coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, sports burning partner, your Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Kareem Hunt ready to take a direct snap. He takes it. He runs to the left. He cuts inside the two. He's down on the one, fighting for the goal line. He is in. Touchdown, Kareem Hunt. And with that never-give-up attitude, one yard at a time, he gets in on third down. And the Browns turn that Jags fumble into a touchdown. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Tito's Handmade Vodka on game day. Pour me in, coach. Find cocktail recipes for every fan at titosvodka.com. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. And now time for the Joe Thomas half hour of the program. Oh, baby. Hoff, just as uh, – well, listen, how many games do you think you played in your career that Joe Flacco led the Ravens? Uh, against Lots. the Ravens? Uh, how yeah. many times did we play against the Ravens when Joe Flacco was there? Uh, when you were, Probably yeah. like 14 maybe? Yeah. So no, too many. That, 18 cuz he's only a year younger than me. So Yeah. So the idea one. for you to watch him in a December Sunday throw for 300 in a brown jersey with an orange hat is what for you? What what was that like? You know, uh, I live in the now, and so <laughs> Joe Flacco playing for the Ravens, never even heard of it. Don't remember a single game. All I know is Joe Flacco, January Joe Flacco is the Cleveland Browns quarterback. He looks fantastic. 311 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. And uh, it was funny. My son, as I was watching the game with him, he goes, Dad, I want a Joe Flacco jersey for Christmas. I don't think you <laughs> yes. got any of those printed, but I'll find a way. We're going to get a custom Joe Flacco jersey because we are all on the bandwagon right now. It's crazy. It is. It's crazy. It, it wouldn't even be believable in Hollywood that – would he be, I mean, imagine Hoff, like his his son, like years ago, saying, "Dad, I want a Flacco jersey for Christmas." Out of the out. family, you're get out. out. Yeah, They're get out. Gone. See you later. So, Hoff, <laughs> how was your weekend here in Cleveland? Out doing signings, the last chance for the people to rub elbows with the great Hoff before he heads to Germany. How was it? How well, was we got it? a lot going on. I don't know that our audience even knows what's going on with the Hoff. That he's going to Europe for all. Yeah, of well, he's a, was, he's he's publicly he's he's putting it out there. He said to come see me because if you don't, 
I'm going to Germany. Making the family. Don't they, say lo- that. they love it so much. Don't say that. Come back, Hoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, we'll be back. Don't worry. We're, we'll be back in time for the NFL football season in September. Uh, shortly after we're celebrating our European League of Football championship at Oktoberfest, as we should, being that we're the Munich Ravens and Oktoberfest resides in the great city of Munich, Germany. So uh, lots of good stuff. But yeah, the weekend was very busy, very wonderful. Uh, Friday night, we had the great candy cane ball there in Ohio City at the Trust Building in their event space and uh it got out of hand as you would expect uh, when you get a bunch of wisconsin and ohio people together and you uh you stir up that cocktail and add a little bit of alcohol uh things got fun and crazy and then uh, the next day got a chance to spend some time with the people down at a signing in canton and then was at a giant eagle over there in strongsville uh, signing autographs taking pictures with uh, the folks that bought some crown royal items and so Got an opportunity to Amazing. indulge on a little Crown Royal myself on Saturday. And my only sadness from the weekend was that I had to leave Sunday morning. Didn't get to stick around for the game because it, my kids had their Christmas performance uh, on Sunday afternoon. So did not get to stick around and watch the glorious victory by the Browns. And um, Zia, I'm actually curious, how did the game go? I didn't get to listen to it on the radio, but I know you said you were feeling a little bit ill going into the game. Yeah, well, I was able to uh, to rally, which was good. And obviously, Excellent. my spirits were buoyed by the great Jim Donovan. And uh, you know, oh. I would put myself in intense protocols to get to get to Sunday good. Make sure that I was not a danger to anybody else either. Went to the doctor, mm-hmm. got all clean on uh, bill of health from that regard, and went out there. We I thought we had a great game. I thought it was really good. Great. It was certainly not dull. You had touchdowns left and right. You had nope. turnovers left and right. You had. All kinds of big plays and, and action. I saw your uh, your radio partner, the great Ian Eagle, the Birdman, as well. Yeah. So he was on the call for the Browns, and now we've won two in a row with Ian and Charles. So we'd like to see them back. But no, I thought this was this was a great game. It was one that the Browns, you know, in many ways, had to have right as opposed to now being the one team at eight and five, the one non division eight, eight winner at eight and five, as opposed to being a part of a group of basically the entire rest of the conference that's at seven and six right now. Yo, it was huge. And when you look at especially uh, where the Jaguars are um, and how they're probably, you know, maybe the Bengals are going to be a little bit better towards the end of the season, although, you know, they won handily last weekend um, or yesterday. The Jaguars, that was going to be probably one of our tougher, if not the toughest yes. uh, battle here the rest of the way. And obviously it had a lot of implications with, uh, records in the AFC and tiebreakers because everybody's kind of jumbled up right there towards the top uh, of the AFC. So certainly we expect some tiebreakers to go into playoff seating. Um, so this was a huge one. And who would have thought the game against the Jaguars was going to be one of our bigger games in December down the stretch. But this was, you know, you always love saying oh, it's a must win. But this one felt like you had to have this one if you wanted to feel good about getting into the playoffs for a lot of reasons, but also, you know, going back to the Joe Flacco stuff, you wanted to see, Hey, you know, he played really well in his first game, but can he follow through? Can he improve on that? And I really think he did. And I think he built belief amongst uh, the fan base in what he can do and how far he can take this team. But even more importantly than that, I think he built a lot of belief and trust and confidence in that locker room that, Hey, you know what? The season's not over. We lost our quarterback. 
we lost three quarterbacks, but we feel great that Joe Flacco is every bit as talented to be or talented enough to be able to take us where we want to go through the playoffs. There's a presence to him. He's a pro. He's a like pro. He just, yep. We said that last week, Joe. We, we, when we, you and I were in Z, we were talking on Monday. So, like, that's your starter the rest of the way. I'd, saw, I'd seen enough in the Rams game. Uh, that was it. Like, it, it's, it, I saw enough there. This buttressed it. And now you say to yourself, what, was Sunday a must win? No, it, it probably wasn't, but it was a damn good one. And now you're looking at four left. You, you have wiggle. You don't want any wiggle. You want to win them all. But, but now – if, if you take care of your business, you're probably going to be favored in three of them, Joe. Three of the next four you'll probably be favored in. That's 11 if you win the games you're supposed to. Yeah, there's no doubt. You know, you got, you got the Bears, Texans, um, who kind of laid an egg last weekend, Jets and Bengals. Um, so, I mean, you you, you got to have the Bears. You know, if you play the schedule game, you feel like, you know, we should beat the Texans and the Jets. And depending on how the Bengals are playing, you know, you're probably going to be favored in that one too. So you got a favorable stretch here to finish out, especially with a couple of them at home. Um, and hopefully, you know, you, maybe you get a few injured guys back. You got to be feeling pretty good about the direction this team is headed, especially with the defense playing better again last week and Flacco playing good and really getting Elijah more, uh, more involved in that offense. Um, he seems to have a good connection with Amari Cooper. I mean, like the, this offense is really clicking the way we hadn't seen a whole lot of during the season. Um, and if you can get defense playing at or near where they've been most of the season and an offense that's scoring points, like that, that's a pretty tough formula. And you got to feel pretty good when you look at the AFC because there's not one team that just is dominant <clears throat> that is clearly the favorite. Um, you know, as strong as the AFC is almost, you know, top to top to bottom, maybe the, the, the top half of the teams in the AFC, they don't have a San Francisco. There's not a, a Dallas. There's not, you know, Philly. I know they lost, but had been one of those teams that you said, hey, they could win a Super Bowl. The AFC is really kind of a toss up right now. And I got to feel pretty good about where the Browns are and how, how we feel about them stacking up against the rest of the AFC. No, you're exactly right. And one of the things Bo and I were talking about earlier was it feels like with Joe Flacco, Kevin Stefanski can get back into more of what his core offense and offensive philosophy are. As someone who's observed and knows a heck of a lot more about that than we do, do you agree with that? Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. And it's not like running the shotgun, running the pistol, running the empty formations, which is Deshaun Watson's preference. It's not like that's not something that Kevin Stefanski has in his playbook. However, there is a comfort factor about playing with more tight ends on the field, more under center, because it does give you more things to do. And then you don't have to rely as much on off schedule type plays, which that's what Deshaun Watson does best. And so you don't want to take that away. You want to make sure that you sure. script in opportunities for him to go off script, to ad lib, because that's where he's the most dangerous, right? We saw it if you watched any of the Ravens game this past weekend. Um, that's where he was at his best. That's where he was making his money, and that's ultimately why they won that game was because um, the Rams just couldn't get to him. And he was able to get out of the pocket and extend plays. And, you know, that's who Deshaun Watson is also. But for Kevin Stefanski to feel comfort 
running the under center, the play action pass, the shot plays out of there, the tight end screens, yep. the halfback screens, like all that stuff fits together very nicely. And it's exactly who Kevin Stefanski had been going all the way back to when he was in Minnesota. And so it's kind of like, Oh, Hey, Hey, old friend, I remember you. I know these yeah. plays. Like I know how these things flow. And as you're calling a game as an offensive coordinator, there's a flow, there's an art to it. Right. And I think uh, it's not just, you know, putting your thumb or your finger on a, a call on the call sheet and, and calling and going down your list. Like there's a feel to it. And, and you could definitely see that Kevin Stefanski was comfortable calling those plays. Cause that's, what Joe Flacco does best. And I think they talked about it a little yeah. bit during the broadcast. And it was pretty obvious with just people that had eyeballs that were watching the game. Like, hey, Flacco's pretty good at running this play action stuff. He's really good, actually. Yeah. And he's always had this great arm. One of the better down the field passers in the NFL. Um, and we have the weapons to be able to exploit defenses with that downfield deep passing game. And you and I were talking about that this morning. His experience with LaFleur last year. Yeah. So, I mean, that's an apples-to-apples apples offense, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, Matt LaFleur was their offensive coordinator for the Jets. That's yeah. who Flacco played for. And, you know, I, I was just talking about this on my podcast. You know, you felt bad for Matt. He was – or Mike, excuse me. Mike. So, Mike yep. was um, – he was in our offensive line room as an offensive line assistant the year that we had Kyle Shanahan as a quarter 14. coordinator. Yep. Um, yeah, and 14, and then went to San Francisco with him. Um, was sort of his right-hand man there, and then went with Salah to New York as one of Salah's best friends. Um, and unfortunately, because they brought Aaron Rodgers back, they they wanted to bring Nathaniel Hackett, who was Rodgers' guy. And so LaFleur, even though he did a pretty good job um, as the offensive coordinator there, he got the boot, and it was kind of unfair. But he had done a good job with Flacco, and that offense is exactly – the same as what Kevin Stefanski wants to run at his core. And so it's a very easy transition to be able to bring Flacco in there and to run all of these plays, which that's what he does best, first of all. But also that's what he did last year when he was with the Jets. His most recent football was running this version of the offense. Yep. Um, so you can see why it's been such a seamless transition coming in here in the last two weeks and looking as good as he has. And I think he made a great half insight right there, which is that it is easier for Kevin Stefanski, and I haven't been able to conceptualize it in the way that he just said it, to string together and to sequence his plays over not only a drive but over the course of a game to get desired outcomes in this offense. He kind of has that in his mind, the natural flow, the progressions. I'm going to show you this, but then later on we're going to show you this, but we're actually going to do that. Yeah. And I think that he has so much more comfort in that sequencing that it's led to obviously great success for the Browns on offense now half on the defensive side of the ball miles garrett had finally had enough he called it hack-a-shack in his post-game presser he is certainly to be fined he will certainly pay those fines but it was an airing of the grievances as if it were festivus he is tired of being held blake hans who was with the browns i mean he invented new ways to hold him on every single play it was stunning to watch their pictures videos going around all yeah. of it not a single flag was thrown what do you make of this what can be done well, hopefully he's made enough of a stink that the NFL is uh, on notice. The the officials that are going to be calling the game next week uh, for the Bears, uh, Browns game, will watch this film. They obviously will take note of the comments that Miles has made, and certainly he'll be fined. And, hey, that's part of you planting the flag a little bit, right? Like, 
hey, sometimes you got to throw a few grenades there so people start paying attention. Um, and hopefully that'll change a little bit because I was outraged when I was watching the game. Like, they were crawling miles. And I think part of it is he doesn't get a whole lot of one-on-ones. And so when you do get a ton of those double teams, I don't know if it's human nature out of those officials or what, but it seems like they're just not paying a whole lot of attention when he does get a one-on-one. He's almost always held, and they're just yes. kind of lulled to sleep because of how many times he gets double teamed that they see the one-on-one, and he gets held, and they don't even notice it. Whereas I think maybe if he was getting one-on-one after one-on-one, maybe the first time on a second and seven, he gets held. They don't call it, but now you got third and four. And now they're really dialed in and they're like, I'm not going to let that tackle get away with two in a row. But when it happens, you know, one on this drive, and then he doesn't get a one-on-one for like another 15 plays. It's almost like there's like this recency that needs to get built up in those officials' brains where they almost have to like warn themselves, you know, going back to what happened in the Chiefs game uh, last night where Patrick Mahomes was complaining that Kadarius Toney didn't get warned that he was too far forward. It's almost like in an official's brain, even though they wouldn't really warn us as tackles a whole lot about holding, occasionally, you know, if it was one after another and you were getting close, they might say something to you. Um, But for the most part, they're not giving you a warning, but it's like in their brain, maybe they're building up to, okay, that was egregious enough because it was three or four, like borderline ones in a row that I finally got to throw that flag. Um, but I would hope that maybe before the game, Miles gets a chance to talk to the refs that are those side judges and just kind of explain what happened, what's been happening. Hey, take a peek in a very cordial way. So you can kind of start that line of communication early that when he does get held in the game, if they miss it by some stroke of crazy luck, uh, that he can go back up to him and say, hey, you missed one right there. Did you see it? And they can either either say like, oh, you know, it wasn't holding because the the tackle's feet didn't get beat, or they could say, well, the ball was here, and so I wasn't looking over there or whatever. And I'll, but I'll get you the next one. So I think just maybe trying to open up that line of communication as early as possible. But one thing the Browns certainly will do is uh, they'll cut up those plays from this past game and they'll send it to the NFL and try to get an explanation. But if nothing else, they'll be able to send them to the officials so that now it's on their radar. Hey, these were the plays that were missed last week where our guy was getting held. Make sure we're paying extra close attention because they're holding them all the time. And we can't allow that to happen the following week when they play the bears. Huff, you brought up the, uh, the end of the Kansas city game. What did, what did you make of that? How that was handled? So I think it was handled properly. Um, Kadarius, Tony, the receiver, it's supposed to be a two-way street of communication between the receiver that's on the ball and the official. You line up on the ball, you look to the official, you give him a thumbs up, he gives you a thumbs up back. You know you're good, he's not going to throw the flag. If you're too far back or you're too far forward, he'll point one way or the other and then give you the thumbs up. That's how it always happens, right? So when the details start to slip a little bit, right, and sometimes that happens with younger players, they're thinking about a million things, they're trying to play fast in the two-minute drill, they're maybe cutting some corners. Maybe they're going out there and giving the thumbs up without even looking to see if they got the communication back from the official. Um, and I think it was the right call. He was way over the ball. Like it wasn't like it was close. There's a gray area where it'll give you a warning. Um, even if you don't give them the thumbs up and you don't get it back. But when you're way off sides, like 
Tony was. Like, I don't know what the official could do. He had to throw that flag. Uh, if he didn't, he was going to get downgraded because it was clearly uh, an offsides on the offense. And I and I feel bad for Patrick Mahomes that we as fans and him as a, a player on the Kansas City Chiefs were robbed of an incredible potential game-winning touchdown where Travis Kelsey throws a 30-yard lateral across the field and they score a touchdown. But, hey, be mad at Kadarius Tony, a receiver who didn't pay attention to the details and line up exactly where he should be. And I, I heard it a little bit after the game. And I, I love Patrick Mahomes. He's a very beloved player in the NFL because he's very classy. You don't see him dressing, undressing his, his players all that often. Like, he hasn't gotten hot. He hasn't needed to, right? They've been incredible. But I think he needs to make a little bit of a transition in his personality because Eric Bieniemy's not there anymore. And he was always the guy that was jumping down his players' throats and getting guys in line and making sure they're paying attention to the details so that Patrick didn't have to. But now that he's gone... I think Patrick Mahomes needs to kind of adopt some of that Tom Brady, especially the guy that we saw later on in his career where he demanded perfection and excellence on every single play from all of his guys. And if any of his receivers screwed up, he was yelling at him on the sidelines. And I think that's what they need right now. And you felt bad that he feels that pressure to be that guy, but he doesn't yet feel comfortable yelling and taking it out on his players especially in a public setting. And so where does he turn his frustration to the officials? Real quick follow-up on that. You did see Andy Reid? I did. Andy Reid today saying that Kadarius Tony should have done what you just said and that they will have a long talk about the fact that he won't, and that'll be a point of emphasis. Let me just say in terms of point of emphasis, so in the Sunday night halftime broadcast, Tara McCauley, who's the NBC official uh, you know, ref analyst, said that the league is emphasizing calling offensive offsides this season. Penalty has been called now 11 times, including Kadarius Toney this season. It was called twice in all of 2022 and wow. once, once in all of 2021. Wow. So, so this is a huge change. So that's why they're so mad. They're like, yeah. at that moment right. in the game, come on, you called it one time in the entire league in a season two yeah. years ago, t- three times total in the last two regular seasons combined. That's unbelievable. So it – that's why that's, that's why they're where the so anger comes pissed. yeah yeah it's like you we no one's ever heard of this penalty right. like lit, well, he wasn't Mahomes probably was not joking He's probably never been penalized by it ever yes so that's where it comes yeah. from yeah yeah I mean I, and, I, and I get that I understand and it's a little bit like the center head Bob like we got screwed by it with Posick uh a couple weeks ago and yeah. they've made that a point of emphasis like any movement by the offensive line, you see it with some of the offensive guards. If you watch, except they the missed it on us. Yep. Scherf moved like, on that play completely. Yep. Yeah, and it's a difficult thing to officiate, um, especially when you get into the minutia of it. And that's why I think for a long time they didn't ever call it. And so it does make you wonder why this is a point of emphasis now. However, it's not the refs' fault. Like they're just taking the orders from the NFL. And that's kind of always been my beef a little bit. Like, And I feel bad for the officials in those situations is they're trying to take the points of emphasis from the NFL and trying to decide on the field this tiny little gray area and minutia of like where guys are lined up and how far back it is and how much head bob movement we're allowing from the center and how much movement we're allowing from the guards. And it's really hard to officiate a lot of that stuff. And the same thing with the personal fouls 
uh, roughing the passer. Like at full speed, it's really, really difficult for yep. the human eye to be able to catch up on that and be reasonably accurate and successful in calling that the right way. But the NFL is telling him to try to do it. And so I, I blame the NFL in that situation for making that a point of emphasis when it's really shouldn't be because this is p- the potential outcomes when you do try to make things like that the points of emphasis where you're telling the officials, hey, if you miss that call, we're downgrading you, which could affect your ability to continue to be an official, or it could also affect your ability to go work the playoff games, which they get paid a lot more and they get more prestige in the NFL uh, in the Super Bowl and, and su- such like that. So these officials are doing what they're told because they don't want the alternative of not throwing that flag when it is a point of emphasis. That's why they need professional officials, and they also yep. need the person who's in the booth watching on TV to be like, you guys got that wrong, just l- let it go, pick yep. the flag up, yep. blah, blah, blah. Like, Solve There's it. too much at stake. Yes, it, it doesn't feel like yep. it should be that hard. doesn't feel like that should be that hard. No, not at all. Huff, um, so we, we went through the joy of all of it all. We also have uh, – I want to get your, your thoughts on Dewan Jones, who we found out today is Ugh. done for the year. Um, he was quite honestly a supernova this year. Nobody expected what he was when Jack Conklin went down. Um, when you think of what he did when healthy this year as a rookie playing uh, right tackle for us, what, what comes to mind for you? Pro Bowl. Uh, that's all I could think about when I was watching him out there. I mean, he was putting himself on track to make the Pro Bowl this season, um, which I, my heart goes out to him, right? Because I guess he injured the knee during practice last Thursday. I saw him um, at the autograph signing down near Canton on Saturday and, you know, looking big as ever and kind of moving around a little bit. Didn't look amazing, but not terrible. Um, And I'd heard that potentially, you know, he had a knee injury and it might not be great news. Um, But I'm just kind of devastated for the guy because he was playing such great football and it seemed so important to him. He just wants it so bad. Um, and guys that have that desire and have that uh, ability to go out and take the coaching and the improvement that he's making from practice to the field on Sunday, and you see every single week he was getting better and better, and you could tell, like, hey, this is this is a lightning-in-the-bottle situation. We picked up this guy in later rounds, and he could be a multi-Pro Bowl-type offensive tackle for us in an era where it's really hard to find quality offensive line play um, to lose him for the season. I mean, it just is one more tragic, devastating injury amongst a season where it seems like the bad news on injuries just continues to hit us in the face every single week. And how about the job though, that the coaches have done being able to keep Amazing. the team together I mean, it's just incomprehensible to be able to understand like where we are and where we sit in the division and in the playoff race with all the key injuries that we've had. Just unbelievable. It's an incredible job by Kevin Stefanski and his staff. I want to ask you about that offensive line room, though. Now, we know Conklin's gone for the season. Dewan's gone for the season. Jed Wills is on IR, and it's been more than four weeks, but it doesn't you don't get the sense that his return is imminent. So you've got Christian, you've got James Hudson, you've got Leroy Watson that you, you acquired from the 49ers, who's a former tight end who has not played actually at tackle in the National Football League yet. Hoff, what do you do with this line? And let's say that Jed does come back. Does he immediately, in your mind, come back? I don't know if Jaron Christian can play right tackle. Does he immediately come back and play left tackle? Or would you maybe 
consider going with Jed at right tackle and keeping Christian at left tackle because he's actually been fairly solid over there. Yeah, he has been pretty solid. Um, they have been helping him a little bit, but honestly, actually not as much as I expected. Um, yeah. And I, I wish I had a, a deeper knowledge of all the offensive linemen in the NFL, but I actually didn't know who he was <laughs> going into the game. Um, but he has played really well, and I, I think I would like to see Jed come back and play left tackle because even though he was a right tackle in college, it's sure. been a little bit of time since he played right tackle, and so I do wonder how quickly he'd be able to just settle right back into that position. Um, and I think James Hudson is still pretty legitimate to be able to play at right tackle, um, okay. unless you're going to tell me now that he's injured also, which I'm no. always <laughs> no. holding out uh, sadness, a little bit of sadness, holding back for for that bad news to happen, but. Um, I think that with Jed and James at tackles, you should feel pretty comfortable uh, okay. when Jed is able to come back. And I would hate to make more switches over there um, by you know putting your starting left tackle now over at right, and then you know God forbid something else happened, and then you got to switch it again. All right, Hoff. Um, the birthday week we were you shared with us. I mean, it was like the opening of Platoon. Uh, this 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 video of you on the chopper, give it to us. How did it? I mean, it looked unbelievable. The experience. Uh, give us paint a little picture for us of of what the birthday week was like down in South Texas. Yeah, we had a pretty epic birthday week in South Texas. It was checking off, you know, all like the amazing bucket list items, being able to fly in a helicopter, being able to hunt pigs from the helicopter from said helicopter. Um, going down to see the Rio Grande and the construction of the border wall that they're building down there in Texas, um, being able to shoot my second biggest deer ever in my life with my wow. bow and arrow, yeah, it was which a uh, big was big. was Let a big boy, seven by seven, typical points, Whoa. fourteen points, um, beautiful dark antlers. I think he was like eight and a half, nine years old, just an ancient animal. I uh, got to eat the most delicious chicken fried backstraps of my life with some delicious white gravy. I think I pounded about eight of them. Uh, so uh, now that the birthday week is over. The, Holy uh, Hoff. I'm just seeing this deer. That is a big boy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Far- his horns look like elk. I was going to say, yeah. it's like, it can't be that far off the elk. Yeah, he was what about What type of deer is that, Hoff? It's just a massive, massive South Texas whitetail. I think he was like 25, wow. 26 inches uh, inside spread. Just a fantastic animal. They had like a crazy amount of rainfall this spring, which is really heavily dependent on antler. Antler growth is heavily dependent on rainfall. So it was wow. kind of like all the stars align, you know, birthday week, really good rut action. Uh, all the antler development was really fantastic. Uh, and then just getting really lucky the last morning that I was there being able to seal the deal on a, on a, a huge whitetail that I'd been kind of hunting for the four days we were God. down there and uh, just got real lucky on the last uh, last ditch effort to, to make it happen and got to head back and go right from there to Cleveland and start celebrating uh, a little bit early for the Browns victory over the Jaguars. Was that a chicken fried backstrap I heard too? Was yes. that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was. So like was that a? My go-to. Was that a? Was that a beef backstrap or what? Venison. Is that oh, a it was venison? Venison backstrap. Oh, yeah. oh, chicken man. fried with with white gravy. 
That's what gravy. that's what that was. Oh, oh baby, little green beans <laughs> on the side. Oh my gosh, it was incredible. Tortillas too, and then refried beans because you know you're, you're down Come in on. South Texas. You're right down you're there, yeah. Like you're the by Mexican the Rio influence. Oh yeah, so I would take the chicken fried back straps. I cut them into little strips so they fit perfectly down the uh, the the median of my tortilla. Right, it's like a it's like oh, a road. Baby. You get the median down the middle, right? Love I it. I would take the refried beans and I'd spread them over the entire full radius circumference of the starving all delicious of sudden, so Mexican water. homemade tortilla that's been, of course nicely browned on the cast iron uh, and then I put the chicken fried back straps right down the middle um, and then I put some delicious green salsa on there and then the little white uh, gravy you know you zigzag it back and forth you roll it oh up God, like it's, it's, it's like a oh my gosh uh, like a little tube of, yeah, a tube of glory. A tube of glory. Tube of glory. Unbelievable. So <laughs> oh I think my I God. Are you going to offer backstraps for, from Hall of Fame beef? Yeah, talk to gonna, the people right now. Because I see will. you're, you're, oh, you're yeah. launching, and they, people can go and, and they can get their beef directly from you. Is it, Are you up and operational on all fronts? It looks like you're getting there. We are. Yes, thank you for reminding me. I was getting so carried away with my glorious week of uh, hunting in Texas and eating mostly uh hunting a little <laughs> bit mostly eating but uh, yeah i forgot so we just launched the six springs hall of fame beef line um you can go to the website sixspringsfarms.com and you can join the waiting list we slaughtered the two steers that we're starting with a week ago so that's been hanging for a week i think we're cutting it this week so you, you hang them for about two weeks um, then we're going to cut them and start selling them as boxed beef. So yeah, we'll have tenderloins, ribeyes, strips, the whole deal. We've got um, this first group is uh, all seven steers and their Angus Simmental blends. And this summer we added Wagyu to the herd. So it's going to be moving forward. The Six Springs Hall of Fame beef custom breed is going to be an Angus Simmental Wagyu blend wow um but until those steers are ready you know in about another 18 months we have the wagyu that is from the farm that we bought our stock of wagyu from so it's the same stock right the same genetics uh they have graciously given us the opportunity to buy their trimmings and add it to our ground beef so in our beef packs you know you can buy all sorts of different cuts but then you're also going to have the opportunity to buy some ground beef you know hamburger patties uh sausage sticks stuff like that and it's going to be ground in and mixed with the wagyu so that you're able to experience that wagyu blend what we're going to be with all of our steaks in under Jeez a couple Louise. years, but we've got all of our ground beef as that Wagyu uh, blend right now. So it should be a great holiday opportunity for a lot of people to be able to buy legitimately the beef that me and my family hand feed that lives on my farm from the moment it's born until the moment it uh, breathes its last breath and falls over on the concrete at Six Springs Farm. And and they take it over to the facility in Spring Green and hang it and cut it up and then uh, send it right to your door. So um, I'm excited because all the beef that we've had so far has been fantastic. And that's really what spurned me to want to start to make a business out of it because all my friends and family and the restaurant in town that has been buying it is like, this stuff is amazing. And I felt like, you know what? 
we put so bring much it to care the people. into this. We need to bring this to the people. We can't yeah. be selfish and keep this can't to keep ourselves. it all for ourselves. This my beef only, is too good. My only fear in all of this, because you're you are excellent at everything, is that like six months from now, I'm going to find out you're the chancellor of Germany, and you're going to be running a country. <laughs> yeah, like you're going to go over there. Gonna, what yeah. happened to the Hoff? Oh, he's running Germany now. No longer Merkel. It's Helmet Hoff. Helmet Hoff. Hoff. Running Germany. Yeah. All right, buddy. Good talking to you. Glad you had a great week. We'll talk again soon. Auf Wiedersehen. (laughs) See? He's a natural. It's a matter of time. It's already happening. If your game plan for this season includes buying or selling a home, Howard Hanna has the answer delivering a winning strategy for breaking down the game of real estate. As the market leaders in Northeast Ohio, more buyers and sellers trust Howard Hanna to be their winning home team. Visit howardhanna.com slash go Browns today. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Lawrence in the shotgun. The Browns show a blitz off the corner. And Lawrence has got the snap. Cam Mitchell coming on a blitz. They got a sack. They got him back at the 15-yard line. Maurice Hurst. Cleveland Browns Daily. Brought to you by BallyBet. Now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Over the last 90 years, family-owned and operated Rumpke Waste Recycling has grown to become one of the largest waste recycling companies in the United States. Proud to be the recycler of choice for the city of Cleveland. Visit Runky.com to learn more. Time for your Great Clips Call of the Game presented by Great Clips. It's going to be great. Here it is. Julet snap back, ball down, Hopkins into it, end over end, line drive, that kick is up, and it is. It's good. It's good from 55 yards away. A low line drive that got over the bar, and the Browns lead by 10. Please tell me. It's enough. It's <laughs> great. Pretty sure I said, "Oh, it's going to be enough, Jim." I tried to give him a little, a little assurance. Just give him an assurance uh, that it would be. It's going to be okay. It's funny. It's okay. um, I told you this in the break. Like I was watching on DVR later, but in terms of the live, I was because I was going to basketball games all day yesterday. I, I was able to watch the first thirty-five minutes, and then, uh, or I'm sorry, listen to you and Jim for the first thirty-five. Watch for a half hour. Listen for the next thirty, and then I caught the end. And there is one thing that is that just something that is just nervy about listening and not being able to see. And so the end of the game, I'm listening as, as they don't get the two-point conversion, and then it's like, okay, it's an onside kick. And then I hear, like, the crowd's going crazy. You guys do such a good job of letting it breathe. You guys are just excellent. But um, it creates such a bunch of drama to it, and you get the timeout, and then it's, it's like, okay, I think we got it now. Um, and I was with Beamsy finishing up our game, and, and Beamsy goes, Dad, who's this with, who's this with Mr. Z? And I said, well, that's the voice. That's Jim Donovan. He goes, God, he's great. Yeah, he's I'm like, yeah, they're taste. good. They're yeah. very good. Is Your it... guys, is, it's, it's really, it's an incredible amount of drama that you set and deliver upon. It's good. It was very good. Well, there was a, a plenty of drama. There was. Just yeah. naturally. What was wild was I really wonder, wonder what would have happened. So the first, we call timeout right as he's about to hit the onside kick, the first one. And it was a rocket off of Jordan Kunashik. Sure that's was. what he tried to do is literally – Pelt him with the ball, have it bounce somewhere, and hope that they could get it. So 
which is a damn good strategy. I'd never seen it. Yeah, I see. I've seen it in college. Okay, um, where they do that, where they drill the guy. I've seen it in college a couple times. I mean, think about the accuracy you have to have. I mean, I realize they're good and they can make it it's from sixty so yards. So fast, so and you're fast. not you're not thinking that that's as as a return guy. You're thinking of the you know you got to go get it and people are going to smoke you and all that. Are you going to go block? Well, and he was you're in not the middle. prepared for middle dead on, dead on. Just not not ready. So, fortunately, they got the timeout and then the onside kick, and it was the least eventful onside kick. It really didn't bounce in the air. It just kind of rolled on the ground right to Prochet, and he fell on it, and I'm like, we win. That's it. Game over. Yeah, like the realization of, oh, they can't stop the clock again. It's over. That's it. Game, set, match. So, it was special. What it did, was a big one. What did you think of their decision to go for two at the end instead of just making it a three-point game? I don't understand that. I don't understand that at all. Like, why would you not? But you know how I am. I'm always, and I know sometimes you and I disagree on this. I'm always extend the game. Extend hope. Yeah. Right? So yeah, sometimes yeah. I'm that way even with the field goal or touchdown. Sure, sure. Like, give me give me extending hope. Give me yeah. buy-in a little longer. And so, no, I didn't understand it. Like, just. I, I My guess is they felt they had a play that was so good they were going to get it, be down two, and then all of a sudden it gets real nervy because now if they recover, now we're talking about maybe even a loss if sure. they recover the onside kick. I don't know. I don't. I I was stunned by it. that. I didn't understand so much. I didn't either. I, I'm glad they did it. Miles got a sack. Counts in my book. Still needs three in the last four games. This is big. Miles needs three to tie Reggie right to be do only what he and Reggie White would be the only people ever to have three straight seasons of sixteen or more. God, and he was, like, lapping the field. Yeah, it's been three games in a row with that one. Yeah. All right, OBM, the preferred provider of copiers and document services for the Browns. Tackle any size situation, 216-485-2000, or visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. We've got a dual dose of the scores coming up next on Monday night. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, Gibby, we got some scores. Not one, but two It's been tonight. a good week so far, Gibby. What? It's been a good week Another so good far. Week? Hey, by the way, yeah. like yesterday you took a picture with a young man, a young fan outside the stadium, and yeah, then you great. said, don't let Gibbs know this, that you're a man of the people. I've never said that you weren't. What the hell was that unnecessary shot? That's right. Truth hurts. <laughs> I'll let my attorney speak for himself. <laughs> speak for both of us, actually, right there. I didn't. Yeah. I, I, I never not called you a man of the people. Right, well, I, I, I had to rein you in a little bit yesterday because I thought by halftime your voice would be gone. You guys both are doing okay. I better not get anything of it from your remnants no, of smallpox. Fine. We're fine. Yeah, well. Look at Uno. Just wait. I'm going to go home and... I'm about to flush, right. baby. It's be it's delivered by five. You're going to love it. I can't wait. It's going to be very exciting. I can't wait for a full report. No visuals. I mean, they're going to be. De- I'm. I'm just. I'm nervous. I'm going to just barf. <laughs> I'm going to barf. Okay. It'll be fine. All right. Thirty seconds. All right. Giants <clears throat> hosting Packers. This one on ABC mm. with Buck Aikman, Lisa Salters, Bishop. Um, I got uh, Devito at the back door. Hey, no. Go, Pack, go. Okay. Uh, 815 on ESPN. Fowler, Orlovsky, Riddick, Rutledge, Dolphins, Titans, Rip, Frank Wychick. Fins. Oh, man. Did we go opposite? Yeah. Yeah. Titans, Will Levis, DeAndre Hopkins, 
Do it for Wycheck. Do it for right. yeah, yeah, the Wycheck yeah, emote. Dude, come it's on. sad. Yeah, that sucks. Ugh. Yeah. Beware. Music City Miracle. Yeah, it was. Yep. All right. Uh, the next level is next. We're back tomorrow. Thanks for listening, buddy. Cleveland Runs Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.